0: Well, good morning, Finding Life Church. <laughs> uh, wasn't that a good, good worship experience this morning? <laughs> that was so much fun. If you think about it, thank the team that put that together. Thank everyone that's you know wasn't up here on the stage, but they faithfully served worshiping or leading worship with us. Would you just find them and thank them sometime today? Uh, that would be awesome. So for my 50th birthday, which was just a little bit ago <laughs> and my wife laughs, laughs. Maybe, yeah, you know it doesn't matter. Uh, my wife surprised me, I think I've told you this already, but my wife surprised me and uh, Jake, former pastor here and a good friend of mine from Kearney kidnapped me and took me to... Um, Sandusky Ohio to Cedar Point and it was uh, because my wife knows that I love roller coasters and that is the place to go if you love roller coasters and what you need to know though is that I'm afraid of heights I'm deathly afraid of heights and I also um, like to be in control so I don't mind being in a car I don't like to be in an airplane and I don't really like to be in roller co- roller coasters because they're really high and um, I'm not in control. But setting all that aside, once you get over that crest, then I love that part, right? So you're going downhill and all these things, and you end, and that's awesome. So I love roller coasters, but I am talking myself out of, I mean, do I want to go on this or do I not want to go on that? And I'm just talking myself, you know, "Okay, okay, if you can do this, and I'm watching them, okay, nobody died that time, you're good, Right? You're good. And so you go up this thing, and I'm not looking left or right because I don't want to see how high I am. And I'm just talking to the person next to me or whatever. And then once we get over that crest and you're going directly down, and man, my just I just become alive. And it is so, so, so much fun. Everything leading up to it, not so much. But once you get over that crest, you mean I just come alive and it's a lot of fun. Then I want, I don't know why I do this, but I say, let's go again. And then I just do that whole anxious part again, right? So I don't know if you've ever felt that, not necessarily that about roller coasters, but you've ever felt a point in your life where you have just really come alive. And maybe it's, um, you know, when as a middle school or a high schooler, you made some kind of team, you made varsity or whatever it might be, or uh, we went to uh, Travis and Kara Kirshner and they just had a little baby girl, and maybe it's that right? Maybe it's you, the birth of your child, first child or second child or whatever it is for some of you. Maybe it's your wedding day or whatever it might be, but there's moments, right, where you just, there's moments in your life where you just feel like you've come alive. So I want you to think about that. I want you to think about a moment recently or in the past that you just really came alive, and I want you to tell somebody next to you what that moment was, okay? Go right now, quickly. Or maybe it's when the Huskers hired Scott Frost, right? You came alive. (laughs) Jordan's saying, no way, boo. Iowa all the way. All right. Talk amongst yourselves. Go for it. So here's the point with all of that: is that, what you know, we, we're thinking about these specific moments when we um, just really come alive. But I want us to think about that—that um, that we love these kind of moments, don't we? And we wish that that kind of feeling or that kind of moment could could really last forever. But it doesn't, does it? It's just moments. And we're going to talk about that this morning. We're going to wrap up our series, Finding Your Way Back to God. And so, um, if, I hope that you can talk back to me today nicely. <laughs> and um, so, what scripture have we been talking about for the last four weeks? Luke chapter 15, verses... 11 through 24, exactly. And it's a story of what? The prodigal son. So we have father, two sons. What does the prodigal son say to his dad? I want my inheritance, right? And then what does he do? He goes and spends it all on wild living. He ends up feeding pigs. He decides that what? This is not the kind of life that he wants, and so what does he do? He makes a U-turn, goes back home. He's thinking, he's saying, you know, I've sinned against my dad and sinned against, and I'm, I'm not worthy to be your son. I want to be as a servant. What does his dad do? His dad watches him, right? And he goes running. It's undignified, but he goes and does it anyway. He hugs him, kisses him, and says, bring, what were the three things that he said to clothe him with? A robe, sandals, and a ring, right? And then they... He said, bring the fattened calf, you know, kill it, let's have a feast, and then what'd they do? They had a party, right? So that to me is just an incredible, incredible story, and it's a story that you can use when you talk with whoever God puts in your path about how um, we can come home to him. It's a great, great story to share. But we've been talking about these five things that we have... um, been awakened to, that help us find our way back to God. And so I'm going to see if you remember those four. What was the first one? An awakening to... (laughs) Bad teacher, Kevin. Yes, longing, exactly. The second one was an awakening to what? Regret. Regret. The third one was an awakening to... Are they putting it up on the screen? Oh. oh, okay, all right. <laughs> Longing, regret, third, help. And then what was last week? Awakening to love, right? So we talked about that as, as people that were created, that we have these longings inside of us, that we have these longings for love, these longings for purpose, and these longings for Meaning. And as long as we begin to understand that these longings come from God, then we can maybe take that next step um, in finding a way back to him. Because what we tend to do then is we either are going to turn to him to satisfy those longings or we're going to turn to someone else or something else and we're going to realize that that's not it at all. Which then leads us to this next one, right? Regret. Where we, when we take this route, and we use whatever it might be to satisfy these longings that can only be met in God, that we have this cycle that we talked about, right, where we get regret, and then we feel sorry, regret, or shame, and guilt, and sorry, and we just keep doing this ending cycle, right? Which then leads us to um, that next one, which is awakening to help. Realizing that I can't get out of this cycle on my own, that I need help, and that help, comes in a name, and that name is Jesus, right? We talked about him being God's son coming down on this earth, living a perfect life, and um, being obedient to God to the cross, and going through all that humiliation, that shame, and all that pain, that physical pain, and then taking on the sins of everyone in the world, past, present, and future, So that we can look to him because he then conquered death, rose again, is now seated at the right hand of God. We can look to him in faith and go, I believe in that and now I am your son, your daughter. Which then last week left us to talk about this awakening to love. And this is this moment that, which I think is a very profound moment in our life. Where we begin to not just head knowledge, but it moves from here to here, is that we begin to deeply understand, deeply understand that God loves me. He's not going to love me more because of all the good things that I do. He's not going to love me less because of the sins that I commit. God loves me the most, that he's ever going to love me right now, today. And when we begin to understand that, that it sinks deeply in our life and we're awakened to that, then we begin to understand their identity then is a secure, deeply loved son or daughter in him. And I believe it will radically change our life. And so today we're going to talk about that word, life. It's that we've gone through all of these um, realizations or whatever you want to call it, which has led us to this point where we awaken to this thing called life. And we experienced a little bit of that last week with these baptisms. Three people were baptized last week. And I, mean, I don't know about you, but to me it was an incredibly powerful service. Watching them tell their stories and watching them, you know, even though they were nervous, you could tell that there was a sense of excitement. And then watching them go on in the water and then coming out and see the smiles and just the pure joy that it is to know that I am publicly demonstrated my love for him in front of my friends and in front of my family. And you got to experience that with them. I mean, that to me is just so, so cool. But here's what I know about that as well. Just like that moment of thrill that I had going over the crest of the roller coaster and then it ending, it ended. And just like for them, that thrilling moment of being baptized was just a moment. And really then reality begins to set in. You know, you wake up and you do your daily things. You go to work or you go to school or whatever it might be. You come home and you do what you need to do at home and then you fall back to sleep again and you repeat that process day in and day out. And the reality is, is that the rest of life really doesn't If we're honest, really doesn't always feel alive for us. And instead, it can feel very much far from that. I don't know if you've ever felt like you've gone through life, but there's just really no life going through you. Like you're just doing the motions. And so today, we want to address that question. I mean, how do we continually awaken to the life that we know to be true in us as sons, as daughters of Jesus Christ? And so the prayer this week, if you've been going through that 30-day challenge, is this. God, if you are real, make yourself real to me. Awaken in me a confidence that I can live a brand new life in you. I mean, that's really the big why for us this morning. In scripture, there's a passage that I love. It's in John chapter 10, verse 10. And and maybe a lot of you know this verse. But it talks about Jesus coming so that we can experience that kind of life that we're talking about. And this is what he says. "It says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full, Surrounding that verse, he says that the thief, Satan, God's enemy, has come to steal and to destroy that life. But Jesus has come, right, that you may have life and that you may have it to the full. Some translations in in our different Bibles will say a rich and satisfying life or they'll say an abundant life. And I don't know what you think of when you think of those phrases, but to me, when I think of that, I think of the word more. You know, a rich and satisfying life or an abundant life, I think of that word more, like more money in my account, or um, that my relationships would be more satisfying, or um, there'd be more mountain vacations, right? Can I get an amen on that? Or maybe it's beach vacations. I don't know what it is for you. But as a culture, we really love this word more. We see it in our advertising all the time. They prey on us, knowing that we crave that. And we connect this idea that my life is going to be full with this idea of more stuff in our life but that's not the kind of life that Jesus was talking about in John chapter 10, verse 10. In the original language of the New Testament, which we know to be Greek, it has two words for this word called life. One is the word bios, which is the root word for biology, and it means this natural life. It can also refer to Our chronological life. Did you know that this, uh, our average life, there is, um, let me see if I can say this right, 250,000 hours of sleep, 76,000 meals, and over 200,000 times going to the restroom. That's our bios life. And much of it can feel like we're just going through life, but there's no life going through us. But there's another word for life in the Bible, and it's this word Zoe. Zoe includes a bios kind of life, but it goes way beyond that. It goes beyond quantity and it goes beyond more. But Zoe is about a uh, quality of life that comes only from, and this is going to come no surprise to you, comes only from a relationship with God or knowing Him deeply. So a zoe life ultimately refers to um, the eternal life that we're going to have. That's what it looks forward to, but it also entails this life that we live on this earth. It's this is quality of life that God wants to have with us now. When Jesus says, "I have come that they may have life and have it to the full," guess which word he uses in that phrase. But it's Zoe. It's not bios, it's Zoe. And Jesus is talking about a quality of life with God that um, changes your past, uh, changes your present, and it also changes your future. So it's not just, he wants not just more of the same kind of life. When you find your way back to God, Our hope, our desire is that you find this Zoe kind of life. Our daughter, our oldest daughter, um, most of you know that um, they had a little girl probably five years ago, six years ago. And um, she lived all of eight minutes, I think, and passed away. And devastating for her, for Janet and I. Um, Coming off of that, um, they were given a dog, or they went and bought a dog, and it's just this little bundle of energy. And, And I don't know why they chose this name. I don't even think they knew what the meaning of the name was, but they chose the name Zoe. And it's been interesting to watch this little puppy grow into this dog that every time, I mean, every time without fail, and it's probably just the kind of dog that it is, but it doesn't matter. Every time without family, when you come in the door, that puppy dog, Zoe, greets you with this life like, ah, my long-lost friend, I haven't seen you forever, even though I probably saw you an hour ago. And she jumps up and, and is just like twirls and she just is just so excited. I mean she's done that for the last six years, five years. And it's just amazing. And I think of, when I think of Zoe, I think of this life that Jesus wants. I think of my daughter's dog. That that's the kind of life that he wants for us, that he wants for us here. Going back to our text in Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 24. The story of the lost son. Um... There's a contrast between this bios life and the zoe life, and we see it play out in this story. It's reflected in this this word that is um, translated as property, and it's actually the word bios. And so what we see there is that literally the father divided his quote-unquote life between them, between him and the son, and it's like the father is saying to his son, I "Man, I'll let you have all the bios, I'll, let you ha- I'll let you have all that the bios life will will offer you, but someday, you'll realize that more won't fully satisfy." I ran across a quote from Jim Carrey, that great theologian or comedian, Jim Carrey, and he says, "I think everybody should get rich and famous." Amen. And do everything they've ever dreamed of so that they can see that it's not the answer. Wow. I mean, he hit it right on the head. So the bios life pales in comparison to the Zoe life, which is life with the Father. God doesn't want us to settle for just this uh, bios kind of life when he created you to have this Zoe kind of life. He wants you and I to experience life to the full, as he talked about in John chapter 10, verse 10. Life in him and life with him. Well, what does this life look like? And there's a plethora of things that it does, but we're going to look at three of them this morning. The first one is this. To have this kind of Zoe kind of life we need to to look at these stories that happened right before the prodigal son story. Right before that story, Jesus told two other stories in which someone loses something of value to them. The first story is about a man who has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. And he looks and looks, and when he finds it, this is what we read. He said, he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. And then the second story is about a woman who loses a valuable coin. And she looks and looks, and when she finds it, she says, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. Then comes the third story, where the son is lost, figuratively. And as we've already seen, when the son finally comes home, right, his father runs to welcome him with hugs and with kisses. And then he calls everyone together to make an announcement, "Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again, he was lost and is found. And so that's exactly what they began to do. They began to have a party. they began to celebrate. Now I hope you've noticed, which is somewhat very obvious, that there's very similar things that are happening in all three of these stories. When the lost sheep is found, and when the coin is found, and when the lost son is found, this thing happens. This news goes out that what was lost is now found, and it's time to celebrate. And everybody came together for a party, right, at the Father's house. And that's that first part of having this Zoe kind of life, is to celebrate, is to have this attitude and this uh, uh, complete joy when someone is lost, and they come to know Christ, and now they're found. And that's what we did a little bit last week, right? Not a little bit, a lot of it. We celebrated, we had a party. And that's this first part of enjoying life fully in God. That when we find our way back to him or we hear about someone finding their way back to God, that there is reason to celebrate. The angels in heaven are rejoicing. And if they're rejoicing, then we need to rejoice here on earth. because there's this great transformation that happens from someone who's being lost and now they've been found. And they've been given a chance to make peace with their past and they've been given a purpose for living and a hope for the future. And that to me is amazing. Psalm 149.4 says, the Lord takes delight in his people. So celebrating And we need to do better at that. Celebrating is the first experience that helps us lead this Zoe kind of life. Connecting, discovering that we're better together is the second part. Um, There's a team of researchers from the Harvard Medical School that discovered that the two most powerful and meaningful experiences in life are achieving something, reaching a goal, or whatever it might be, and connecting, relating to others. And according to that study or to the the authors of that study, our society is becoming more and more obsessed with achieving while regressing um, in this idea of connecting with other people. Of course, achieving is not a bad thing. But as their research, research showed, it's no substitute for connecting with people. People who excel at achieving but fail at connecting end up uh, very unhappy people. And maybe you've seen that in your experience. By contrast, people who really prioritize connecting with people and really have that sense of connectivity with people but are not necessarily at the top of the charts when it comes to achieving and accomplishing goals If you were to talk with them, they would still go, man, I just love my life. It's being fulfilled, or it's being fulfilling. So that's not really surprising to us, right, when we read that. Because connecting is something that God has designed in each one of us. I mean, I don't think that you can experience this zoe kind of life without it. Without this connecting, discovering our understanding that when we discover this, that we're just better together. There's the phrase, right, that circles are better than rows, meaning that this is great for celebrating. This is great for all of that. But to have this Zoe kind of life that we need to get together, you know, around the circle. And that's just figurative, but to enjoy life together in a smaller group of people. So when we do that with people who have found their way back to God, we discover that we're better and we grow um, and they pray and they encourage and they do all of that. And then the third is contribute. There's one more experience in this Zoe kind of life and understanding, we understand that God has a dream for this world and that you and I are invited to be a part of that. He wants to use us to be a part of it. And he desires that every single person should or would live every second of their existence knowing that they are relentlessly and passionately loved, knowing that God loves them. His dream is that every single person would experience this Zoe kind of life more than this bios kind of life. And it's really that every person would find their way back to him. And here's the thing, is that he has given that task to you and I to help contribute to that, to his dreams. I mean, that's an incredible, I think, responsibility and a part to play in his dream. His desire, right, is there for you and I to go out and to risk being hurt, or whatever it might be, to love on people and to really just share what's happened to you already so that they can find their way back to God. I've wondered um, with, about this story that God shared, and as I'm sharing this, I'm gonna ask Jasmine to come up. But I've wondered, um, you know, what was it like after? I imagine that when the son um, came home and the party was done and all the decorations were put away and whatnot, um, that his life was be, would be different, right? His life would be different. And I imagine that he would look at people who are hungry or he would um, look at life and situations differently. I, I imagine that there were still struggles, There are still bad days and good days. But I I imagine and I believe that his outlook on life would be different. We really only have one ultimate mission in life, and that's to help people find their way back to God. That's what we're designed to do. And this morning I want to to visit with Jasmine a little bit um, because uh, she... um, just has an incredible story to share about how God intervened in her life and brought her to, um, to be a daughter. Good morning. Hi. Everybody welcome Jasmine.
1: <laughs> so my name's Jasmine. I am married to Travis Cobb. And if you don't know him, he's running around in a little green shirt and he's bald and he's very excitable. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, I'll just share a little bit of my story growing up. Um, I always kind of felt like an outsider, even within my own family growing up. Um, I never met my biological father. And the man who I call dad today, I didn't have him in my life until I was 11 or so. Um, throughout high school, there were some things that um, happened that were really hard, and I never dealt with them or really knew how to deal with them. So when I turned 18 and moved out of my parents' house, I um, just, yeah, I had that longing for love and acceptance and trying to find where I belonged. Um, And I didn't know where to find that. So I turned to alcohol and relationships, and um, I just became really enslaved to that life of just drinking and Searching for love in a relationship, and it just became this sort of vicious cycle for a good 12 years of my life um, When I was 30 it was two weeks before my 30th birthday. I had gotten my second DUI um, You know, there's a lot more to the story 12 years of Drinking and looking for love in all the wrong places brings a lot of um, pain and regret and shame um, But on my 30th birthday, um, even though I had just got my second DUI, um, I don't know how many failed relationships, friendships, jobs I had gone through, but I remember sitting at the bar and just um, surrounded by people and feeling more lonely than I've ever been in my life and just thinking to myself, there has to be something more than this. This is miserable. Um, And it wasn't until actually, that was June 1st, it wasn't until June 29th Um, when I just had a really bad night, a lot of abuse, a lot of drinking, and that next day, I woke up and I just knew if I ever drank again, I was going to die, and I had to stop drinking, Um, and I had no idea how to do that. Um, I started going to AA again, um, and my sponsor kept inviting me to church and kept inviting me to Life Group, and I told her no for Mm -hmm. probably a month, Um, and finally she just said, you know what, if you go one time, I will never ask you again, and that sounded great to me, so I was like, I'll go once, get this over with, and I will never have to go again. Um, So I went to this life group, and um, I told these women that I didn't know if I believed in God, um, and I didn't really want to be there, and rather than putting the Bible in my face and telling me all these reasons I should believe in God, they just accepted me right where I was. They told me that's okay. Um, You can just sit and listen. And I sat and listened for a long time. Um, And I just kept listening and I started going to church and then I was listening to the sermons and something was moving in my heart. I didn't know what it was. Um, But I just remember one night in particular, I was feeling extremely lonely and just really was craving alcohol. And I just remember through tears, sobbing, um, I just cried out, God, if you're real, you have to do this for me because I can't. Um, It's too hard. And um, ever since then, I never wanted to drink again. Um, And it will be four years in June, actually. But um, God lifted that. (laughs) God lifted that obsession. And I knew God was real from that moment on, and I just chased after him with everything I had. And um, just because I knew God and his love and acceptance for me, um, it didn't make the bad things stop happening. Um, It didn't really make life easier, but I didn't have to drink over it anymore.
0: So Jasmine, you really have um, uh, really gone through all of these awakenings, haven't you? in a sense and this prodigal story has been kind of your story and so when we come to know christ we come to know christ for that first time but as you said you know the bad things and we just had to navigate through all that and you told me that about three weeks ago um three or four weeks ago that you had some as you called it epiphanies and uh um just really helped you uh experience a deeper walk with him. So let's talk a little bit about that.
1: So Travis and I celebrated a year of marriage, April 15th. And, um, you know, marrying a pastor and my love for Jesus, we thought it would be easier than it ended up being. (laughs) We both brought in a lot of... That's marriage, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, you know, we both lived a lot of life outside of Jesus. And, you know, we talked about this idea of the luggage and Travis and I both had our luggage just full of messy things. Um, so we it was almost like we had dumped out our luggage, and there was this huge mess in the middle of our living room. But rather than cleaning it up together, we just sort of walked around it for a long time. Um, and it wasn't until we hit that year mark in our marriage that um, I think a, a lot of things surrounded that. We had a lot of people praying for us. We had a lot of people praying with us. Um, but we finally were just able to take a breath and surrender, like just, we were grasping so tightly to expectations and control. Um, And we just had to surrender that. And it wasn't until then that we kind of found that peace again with God.
0: So we've talked about this morning, we talked about um, really that second thing that we can have the Zoe kind of life and that is to be connected and to be doing life better together. And and as I've talked with you, you've really experienced that here and and also at Riverview. Mm -hmm. And so talk to me about that. What stood out to you from the different people that God put in your path? I mean, what was it about that that just really helped you come to know Christ and then also even here in this last year just really experience that Zoe kind of life?
1: Yeah. So I feel like it was kind of hard at first because I went, you know, you move to a new school and make new friends. That's kind of how I felt about church. You come to this new church and you're making new friends. And, um, you know, I knew it took conscious contact with God and intentionality each day to be close to Jesus and not get to that point where you feel kind of lost and alone. Um, But, you know, we have our life groups, and I think of the women that are in that with me. You know, I think of Rosemary and Nicole and, Janet and Mallory and um, now Owenna and all these women, you know, rallied around me in prayer. Um, I was able to share my mess of a life with them, and they didn't judge me. I mean, we could laugh together about it later, but Mm. um, I was able to be authentic and honest, and they were able to pray for me and with Mm. me. And outside of our group together, they were praying for me too. Yeah,
0: and. And consequently, because of that, you've been able to just share your story with multiple other people. And in essence, that last point we talked about just contributing to this dream that God has of everyone finding their way back to God, that God has used you and your story in so many powerful ways. And it is really cool to watch from my vantage point and and hearing from my wife when she just talks about, meeting with you and the growth that she's seen in your life. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing your story this morning. Let's give it up for Jasmine. Before you go, I just want to pray. Let's just pray before we continue worship. And you can stand with us this morning. Stay here, stay here. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today, God. Thank you that you love us. Thank you, Father, for um, this dear sister in Christ, for Jasmine, God, and for her story and for her being brave to come up and share that this morning, God. And I just pray for Travis and Jasmine and for the kids, God, that you would bless their marriage, God, bless their family. And with Jasmine, God, strengthen her, um, give her peace, God. Give her an understanding about who you are as a daughter, her identity, and help her to live that out, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, God, for that we can celebrate that she is yours. And thank you, Father, for the baptisms last week and the party that we could have. And God, I pray for many, many more would come to know you, God, um, because of what your son has done and because of the love that you have for each one of us, and we just can't contain it anymore, and we have to share it, God. So we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise, and we pray these things in Jesus' name.